Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you. How are you guys today? It's so good to be in the house of God, isn't it? How many of you are ready for Thanksgiving? I'm ready. I'm already watching turkey videos on YouTube. Like, I'm, I'm super stoked on it. I'm, I love Thanksgiving. I believe that church is supposed to be so similar to Thanksgiving dinner. Like, every Sunday that we just gather around the meal that is Jesus Christ, and we enjoy the feast together that is His body and His blood that was given and poured out for us so that we could be set free, so that we could be sons and daughters and come together as a family, as a church community glorify him and connect with one another church is just the best isn't it turn to your neighbor say church is just the best want to say welcome to all of you guys who are watching on live stream church is just the best and uh wherever you are i I know our friends the gantners they told me they were going to be watching by live stream today because they were sick i know there are other people who are sick can't make it you're watching by the live stream We are happy that you're here. Welcome. So glad that you have coffee. You're probably having brunch. It's amazing. Church is just the best. Just the best. All right. We're going to read a a scripture from Luke 16, three verses of scripture to begin. And then we're going to continue our sermon series on stewardship. How many of you have actually enjoyed a sermon series about money? If you don't, I mean, just pretend, just like, yeah, it's awesome. Way to go. We love you. You're the best. You know, sometimes like when I am, you know, I have an assignment, right? As a pastor to help people in every area of life possible. And when God gives us the assignment of talking and teaching about money, it's always somewhat challenging because, you know, you want to hear encouraging, exhorting words. And so you got to work to talk to people about their money, which is something very precious, something very personal, you know? And so you work really hard to craft a sermon and get in prayer and make sure it's saturated with the grace of heaven. Because how many of you know that truth is best served up on a platter called grace? So just so you know, as we get started talking about money, we have no agenda. You notice my smile. Like, no manipulation, none of that. We're not taking up an offering after this or anything like that, okay? But my cash app is dollar sign. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, we, we enjoy talking about money, actually. Believe it or not, we actually enjoy talking about money. One, because you're supposed to be blessed. And so I want you to hear what God's word has to say about your finances, because I believe that God is a good, good father and he wants you to be radically blessed. If you believe that, just say amen. Amen. But we also just present this gracefully today. And uh, we're going to read from Luke 16 verses 10 through 12 and dive into this topic on stewardship. All right. So one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Now, I want to point out how many times Jesus uses the word faithful 
throughout this passage of scripture. Did anybody else notice that? One who is faithful is also faithful, right? If you have not been faithful, I mean, it's over and over again. Jesus is talking about being faithful with our finances. How many of you guys want to deploy Jesus's faithfulness in your finances? So we're open to hearing what you have to say today, God. I want to uh, speak to you guys. Now, forgive me for the title that feels a little bit like clickbait. Okay. It's this God's method to make more. Are you going to hold it against me? How many of you would like to make more? I only heard like 50% of the audience. So Lord, I'll take their blessing if they don't want it. Uh, here I am, Lord, send me. Um, no, let's pray together and just ask him to illuminate his word and his truth to our hearts today. Lord, we, we sincerely seek you. Um, we don't come to you today with any pressure um, to do anything except for what you lead us to do. That's it. And so, God, we just ask that you would anoint this word, that you would anoint me as your vessel to share this word in the heart that Jesus shared it when he gave the Sermon on the Mount. Lord, bless every single person in this room radically, generously. Bless them financially, God, so that they would have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God. Lord, I just declare that they are blessed to be a blessing, not to be hoarders, but to be generous, Lord. That's how we want to give so that we might change the world with our offerings. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said... Amen. So Jesus very clearly is talking about being a faithful steward of two things. Number one, money. Everybody say money. money. Jesus talked a lot about money. Okay. Never fear. I will not preach as many messages about money uh, as Jesus did. That's a deal I can make with you. I know sometimes people are like, you always talk about money. I don't. I talk about money once a year, sometimes every other year. Jesus talks about money like all the time. Read through the parables, right? And so he's talking about being faithful with your money, but he's also talking about being faithful with your possessions, and he's talking about being faithful with other people's possessions. And I love the connection that Jesus makes with faithfulness and more. Just more. I don't know about you, but I like more. I like more of most things. I do like more of money. I like more of ice cream. You know, I just, I like more joy. I like more love. You know, I like more connection with my, my wife. I, I think that God is so generous that he's interested in blessing our hearts with more. I believe that. Do you believe that about our good father? And so as Jesus connects faithfulness to more, he gives us a method to the more. He says, here's my method to the more. It is this, faithfulness. If you want to make more, if you want to receive more, if you want to have more, if you want to steward more, if you want to give more, then Jesus himself teaches us, then be faithful with what you already have. Be faithful with, with what's in your hand. Be faithful, like Rick gave a testimony of somebody giving him a car. I would like that. God says, okay, be faithful with the car that you have. You know, not neglect it. And not vacuum out the french fries that were left over from nine months ago. It's so funny to me how we'll ask God, Lord, I need a new house, but we won't clean it. 
God said, look, if you want more, be faithful with what you have because faithfulness leads us to more. And that could be money, that could be possessions, that could also be opportunities. If you're faithful with the favor that you have, God will give you more favor. Because God is in the business of blessing good stewards. And what Jesus teaches us here is that faithfulness leads us into true riches and that faithfulness leads us into ownership, which I think is really interesting. Because if, you know, if you want to lead, then serve your leaders in the way that you know you'll need to be served when you do lead. That's called faithfulness. It sets you up for ownership. If you need a new car and your friend lets you borrow theirs before you return it back, run it through the car wash. It's about being faithful with someone else's stuff because that communicates to the father, hey God, I'm ready to be blessed. You guys with me? So Jesus is teaching us that faithfulness leads to more. Now, I remember a time in my life, I was actually a young, broke youth pastor, okay? So I was probably 23, 24 years old, somewhere around then. I was yet to become a missionary, and I just didn't have a whole lot of money. And so one day during prayer, I asked the Lord, said, God, I want to make more. And how many of you have prayed this prayer before? (laughs) I have prayed a lot of prayers about money. It's interesting how little we want to hear about money from the pulpit, but how often money is the topic of our prayer lives. God, I need money. God, I need money. God's like, I'm about to give you some truth about money. I'm about to be angry if my pastor talks about money again. This is interesting, right? And so I was praying. I said, God, I need to make more. And here's what the Lord said to me. No lie, you guys. He said, go buy a Coke machine. How's that for a weird word, right? He said, go and buy a Coke machine. And I I said to the Lord, God, that's a bad idea. How many of you have argued with the Lord before? You're like, that's a bad idea, but you know, I want to be a good son. I want to be a good disciple. So I went and Googled it. I'm like, how much does it cost to buy a Coke machine? And I realized that the Lord had to have been off that day because number one, Coke machines refurbished cost $1,500 and I'm a broke young youth pastor. Number two, even if the Coke machine did really well, I would only receive a net profit per month of $100. And I was like, Lord, I ask you to make more and you tell me to go and buy a Coke machine? Yep, I think you're off today. I don't think that's going to work out too well. But God spoke back, back to me. He said, if you want to be a faithful steward of thousands, then I want you to become a faithful steward of pennies, nickels, and dimes. That's what the Lord told me. And I said, okay, God, well, you know, that's a bummer because I don't have (laughs) $1,500. God said, well, you said you wanted to make more, so I gave you a method. So interesting how God always does that, right? If we'll listen, if we have ears to hear, God will give us a method to make more. He wants to answer our prayers. He just wants to know, are you going to do what I ask you to do in prayer so that you can get the result you're asking me for? Right? Right? 
I'm not your sugar daddy. I'm your transformer. You know, I'm, I have I have an intent to transform your life. Go and buy a Coke machine. I'm like, God, I don't have the money to buy a Coke machine, but okay. So I started saving the money that I did have, and I probably got somewhere around $400, $500. And I was like, God, I'm doing the best that I can. And it took me several weeks uh, to get to that point. I was very disciplined, no eating out, no Starbucks. You know, I had like 500 bucks. And then I went to my mailbox the next day. I was praying, God, give me that Coke machine. Go to my mailbox, open it up. There is a random letter from an old friend who lives states away with a check for exactly $1,000, exactly what I needed to buy the refurbished Coke machine. Right? So crazy. And, uh, and I, I bought it, and it was so funny. I mean, like, I was a youth pastor, and I was unloading a Coke machine into, like, my youth room, and I'm like... I'm buying Yoo-Hoo's from Sam's Club and stocking them because I know I can charge more for Yoo-Hoo's. You know what I mean? And I just remember every month, you know, pulling the cash out of that machine. It was like 45 ones. And I'm like counting the change. Takes me an hour, you know, and maybe like another $22.50. And I'm just stewarding this money month to month, this Coke machine money. And I realized now it was God testing me. He was testing my faithfulness. And this is what God does when we ask him for more. It's almost a guarantee that when we ask God for more, he is going to test our faithfulness. God, I want more. Here's a test of your faithfulness. And what I realized is, is that God was testing two things in my life. And I believe that anytime God tests your faithfulness in life, he oftentimes will test two things. Number one, he will test your heart. God wanted to know, are you going to be crazy enough to obey me? Even though this plan seems like it's off, is your heart going to be postured in such a way that you're going to say to me, God, this is crazy. I say yes. Right? For me, it was a Coke machine. For you, it might be give $10 in the offering. Give $20 to this guy on the street. Give $10,000 that you've been saving up for the last three years to the kingdom of Jesus. God asks us to do some crazy things sometimes because he tests our faithfulness by testing our heart. And he sees, are you going to obey? As it pertains to your money, are you going to obey me when I ask you to do something? Are you going to be quickly obedient? And then two, he was also testing my ability. He was testing my ability to manage money, right? And this is something that God always does. You remember the uh, parable of um, the talents, right? That was the master testing the ability of the stewards. He wanted to see, uh, what will you do with the talents that I give to you? This belongs to me, but I'm giving it to you. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to maintain it or are you going to expand it? And guess who was considered the good stewards? The ones who expanded it. A good steward in the kingdom of God is not somebody who maintains money, but it's somebody who expands money. How'd that go over? Right? It's, It's investing in the right places. And I've understood this, that God will commonly test our ability to steward by giving us less than we want. 
God, I, I, realize, I realize like God will often test our heart by giving us less than we need. And then God will test our ability by giving us less than we want. Is this making sense? You guys got quiet on me. I didn't know. Did it get boring? So God will test your heart by giving you less than you need. Like, are you going to obey me with what you have? And then, you know, God will test your ability by giving you less than you want. What are you going to do with what I gave you? Because I see what you ask him for, but what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with dimes, nickels, and pennies? I know you want to steward hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I've noticed like everybody wants more. We maybe didn't admit it collectively this morning, but I would think that most of us in this room would like to make more money. We would like more favor. We would like more opportunities. We would like more open doors. We would like more promotions. We would like more, most of us, all of us probably. Somewhere down in your heart, if you were honest, you'd say, yes, I want more. But what is the great variable of more? Is it hustle? Because that's what Instagram will teach you. If you will just hustle and work and, you know, like grind till you shine, like you can get anything that you want so long as you put in the hours, right? If you'll work 20 hours a day and sleep four hours a night, you will have that thing that you have been asking for seven days a week, 365, right? If you look at Instagram long enough, it'll teach you that. Is that the variable to more? Is it hustle and hard work? Is the variable to more creative ideas? Is it great strategy? Is it savvy savvy marketing? Is it cutting edge technology? Like what is the greatest variable in your life to more? Now I do believe all of those tools that I just mentioned, like you should hustle, all right? You should work hard. Please hear me. Use savvy marketing techniques to get your products out to the world. Do all of those things. God wants you to be blessed, all right? But the greatest variable to being as blessed as God wants you to be is your faithfulness. You can earn more using the tools of the world, but not even close to as much as God wants to give you by utilizing faithfulness. God wants to bless you more than the world can bless you. So I'm just going to try it again. God wants to bless you more than the world has the ability to bless you. There's more treasure in heaven than there is on this earth. Have you guys read Revelation? Like there's literally streets of gold and 12 foot walls of Jasper. Seems expensive. You know, like God spared no expense as he's creating your mansion in heaven. It's going to be exactly how you want it and more, right? So to receive the continual outpouring of more that God has for you, we must, le- we must learn how to become uh, faithful stewards. And what God uses money, to, to God and to us, guys, honestly, money is just an object, right? right? It's just a tool. It's just a re- resource, right? Money is not good. Money's not bad. It takes on the characteristics of the person who stewards it. That's just, that's just money, right? It's, just, it's not good or bad. I, God's not that into money. He's super into hearts. You know, and so what God does is he will use money as a training mechanism in our lives. God gives us money as a tutor. He gives us money as a teacher. He gives us money and then he watches how we utilize it, how we deploy it, how we use it. 
because the way that we manage our money communicates to him how we're going to manage people. The way that you manage your money communicates to God how you're going to manage people. How you'll manage people. And God wants to put people in your life to bless you. And God wants to put people in your life for you to bless. For you to train. For you to teach. For you to disciple. For you to love on so that they can become the fullest expression of who they are. God gives us money to bless us, but also to train us, to prepare us, to steward something so much more important. And that is called souls. That is people. Think Luke 16 and 11. If you then have not been faithful in unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? What are the true riches? Is it fame and fortune? Is the true riches like, you know, an awesome home? Is the true riches a yacht? Like, is the true riches your own private plane? Like, I hope you get all of those things. If, if you're called to steward wealth in that way, that'd be awesome. I'd love that. I'd love for you to get a private plane. Invite me. Like, I've always wanted to do that, you know? Instagram makes it look fun. But what are the true riches? It's not a private plane. The true riches are souls. The true riches are people. The true riches of heaven are the people that God has created for the purpose of being loved by him. Those are the true riches. And so how we uh, handle money actually trains us for our greatest assignment, which is the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples, which is to govern with God in his kingdom, which is to steward authority in cities and in nations that God positions us in. Like God has anointed us to change the world. God has anointed us to change nations. God has anointed us to change cities. God has anointed us to change cultures. God has anointed us to change universities. Do you guys believe this? Like God has anointed us to change the poverty rate. God has anointed us to change the statistics on little girls that are sold into slavery and trafficked against their will. Like God has anointed us to bring change. Do you guys believe this? Those are the true riches. Like God has anointed us to bring massive change. Everybody say change. So here's what he does. Gives you a little bit of change. I've anointed you to bring change in the world. I've anointed you to bring change in history. I've anointed you to bring change to the nations. So here's a little bit of change. How you gonna handle that right there? Because I see you at the altar crying out for nations. God, give me nations, give me cities, give me the entertainment industry, get, you know, Lord, I pray for transformation in families. Lord, I pray for transformation in government. Okay, I want to, here I am, Lord, send me. Okay, there's your paycheck. What are you going to do with it? Because what you do with that communicates to God how ready you are. To bring the change you're crying out for. Because God wants to entrust to you the true riches. He wants to give you great authority in cities. He wants to give you authority in business. He wants to invite you into that place of governing in the spirit and making decisions on behalf of your neighborhood. But the way we steward our money communicates to God how ready we are to steward authority, to steward opportunity, to steward favor, to steward the things that we've asked God for because God has 
huge assignments for you. Do you believe that? Everybody say, God has a huge assignment for me. And that assignment is bigger than your budget. I can guarantee you that. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, it's bigger than what you currently make. It is bigger than what you're ever going to make. It is so big. The dream is so massive that your budget is never going to be able to pay for it. It's going to require God's budget. You're going to have to get a little bit of that wealth that comes from the heavenlies involved in order to complete your kingdom assignment because it's so much bigger than anything you can make or earn in your own strength. So who wants to steward the true riches? Who wants to steward what heaven has for you? Not just what you get through your nine to five. Come on. I want to do something more than that. I want to steward true riches for the kingdom of heaven. Your dreams always must be bigger than your budget. But how are you handling your budget? Have you been a faithful steward with God's money? That's the question I'm asking you this morning. Have you been a faithful steward with God's money? Because I can promise you this, God sees everything. You guys believe that? God sees it all. He sees how you're handling your money and he's using that as a training mechanism for your life. I know we want more. I want more too. And God wants to give us more. I believe that. But more than money, God wants to give us an impact. And how we're stewarding money communicates to him how prepared we are in faithfulness. We must be faithful. If you want to make more, everybody say, that's me. You must be faithful. If you want to make more, you must be faithful. How does God test our faithfulness? I would, I would submit to you that God tests our faithfulness in the same way he tested my faithfulness with that random Coke machine. Number one is this, through obedience. I want to show you a slide here on obedience and just ask you a very simple question. Have you done what God has asked you to do with your money? It's so quiet in here. Because this, this is a heart... Check, right? What is that uh, John Chris says? Check your heart, man. Right? The comedian. I met him one time in an airport. He's actually really funny in real life. Check your heart. Check your heart. Have you done what God has asked you to do with your money? You guys are not offended at me, right? Because I'm just, just, you know, simple question. Have you done what God has asked you to do with your money? Now, let's read James 4 and 17. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is, it's so quiet, sin for them, right? So I know there's a lot of arguments about money and what the Bible has to say about money. Well, it doesn't say this. It does say that. I'm arguing this. You're arguing that. At the end of the day, can you as a believer, as a disciple, as an intimate of the Lord, seek God for yourself and say, God, I heard the message in church today. What do you want me to do? And then do whatever God says for you to do. Is that okay? <laughs> How many are going to do it? If you won't, he'll bring you back around to it in another season. 
Listen, disobeying God only delays your promotions. If you want to get promoted quickly, then die quickly. <laughs> that, that's what Mama Heidi uh, used to teach us in harvest school. We'd get there on the first day and she'd be like, hey, how's it going? Die quickly. <laughs> like, what? No. Give up what you think this should be. Give up ownership of your finances. They belong to God. Somebody said amen. And then God tests our faithfulness, number two, through our ability. Let me ask you another question. If someone managed your money the way you're managing God's, would you promote them and give them more? Right? Like, but for real though. Like, if you hired somebody and you were like, you're going to be the CFO of me, Inc. Right? If somebody, if that person you hired managed your money the way you're currently managing God's, would you promote them? That's just a, just a question. Would you say, you know what? You're doing so well at expanding the finances that you're managing. More. Here you go. In fact, I'm giving you a raise because you've done so well for me. Is this hitting home for you guys? Luke 16, 12 said, and if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Have you been faithful? Son of God, daughter of God, have you been faithful or have you wasted God's money? Have you protected it? Have you expanded it? Faithfulness equals expansion. Faithfulness equals expansion. Faithfulness equals expansion. And you cannot expand anything playing passive. You have to take action. I want you guys to know this morning, church, it is time to take action with your resources. It's time to take action with your money, with your finances, with your possessions. You may be saying, I don't have a lot, but what you have God put in your hand, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to obey God and are you going to steward it? Are you going to be faithful or are you going to ignore it, maintain it, waste it? Say, it's just too stressful. I don't want to start budgeting. I don't want to even think about giving. It's just, it's too much. God, just leave me alone. Disobedience delays promotion. If you are asking God for more, it is time to get faithful. Now, here's the last point. In about two and a half minutes, the worship team is going to come up. But if you are going to be a faithful steward, here is where it starts. This is our culture here at Legacy Nashville. We start by tithing. See the teeth. It's, it's, it's happy. You know why I'm happy about it? Because I've never, ever, I don't know if you have, but I have never, ever, 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 not once, and I've been in full-time vocational ministry preaching for 15 years. I've never shaken anybody's hand that started tithing and regretted it. I just, I never have. I ne- I've yet to meet you. If you're out there, DM me. <laughs> like, I just, I've just never met anybody. I just, I haven't. And this is why we as a church have decided, if you want to test God with your tithe, 
then we're going to give you a money back guarantee. I know. We actually do that here. And we've been doing it for the last year and a half. You can go to our website, LegacyNashville.org slash give. There's something there called Take the Tithe Challenge. And if you sign up and say, I'm going to give God 10% of my income for the next 90 days, you can bet on it that God is going to bless you in one way or the other. And if not, and if you don't see it, and if it's not tangible in your life, and I'm not just talking about you like scratching off a lottery ticket, like, wow, okay, like you're going to get blessed in every way. Right. And if and if you're not, we'll just give you back all your money. It's no big deal for us. You're not testing us. It has nothing to do with us. And in fact, your tithe has nothing to do with God. Here, let me say this again. Your tithe has nothing to do with God. Your tithe has to do with you. Tithe is a training mechanism. He is testing you to say, are you willing? Are you going to be obedient with the revelation I have provided to you? Here's what tithe is. If you're wondering what tithe is, okay, tithe is literally a word that means a tenth. That's all it is. So a tithe is giving 10% of your income to God, but not 10% at the end of the month. 10% as the first fruits of your increase. How much faith does it take to pay God last? Well, once I pay all of my bills and then I get my date nights and then I, you know, go shopping and, you know, at the end, if there's anything left, hopefully there'll be 10%. I'll put it in the bucket when it's passed around. That's not tithing. That's tipping. Thanks, Lord. It's good. That's pretty good worship set today. I'm going to add a couple bucks. Hashtag consumer Christianity on the basis of the meal and on the basis of the service and on the basis of my needs and preferences being met at the exact time that I request them to be, I will give you money. Guys, that is not kingdom finance. That is consumeristic Christianity. And God has not called us to live a life like that. He's called us to live a life of covenant Christianity that leads to transformation of change of us as well as our family and all the people that we meet and touch as well as our cities and nations and that we make a difference and leave a legacy for hundreds of years from now because we were obedient with our whole lives, which includes money. Malachi 3 and 10 as the close. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So that there may be food in my house and test, everybody say test. test, me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. That sounds pretty good. Would you guys agree? A blessing that overflows. Who wants that? I want that. God says, look. Test me in this. It's the one time in scripture God says, test me. Test me and see. Test me and see if I will not be good to you. Do you guys receive this today? Well, as the band begins to play and they're going to sing us out of here, I just want to invite you to stand and we're going to pray a prayer together. And uh, what I want to ask you to do is just, just for a moment, please. Just for a moment, please. Just close your eyes. Just close your eyes just for a moment, please. And um, I want you to posture your heart before the Lord now. And I want you to ask God if 
What you've heard today is from Him. If it's not, flush it. And please don't hold it against me. And then come back next week. But my thought is, that's probably not what you're hearing. I don't assume to know what God is speaking to you. But if God is speaking to you today that this word is from Him, I want to ask you, what are you going to do about it? How will you take action? When will you start? Don't look at next year and say, you know what? I'll start tithing in January. It's a new year, fresh start. No, just start tithing today. Mercy is made fresh every morning. That means that you have all the grace, all the mercy that you need to obey God today. Not tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble for its own, Jesus said. But today, take action. Today, take action. We're preparing at in December, on the second Sunday of December, to do an offering for the first time ever in our church's history. We've never done a special offering except for missionaries alone at random. It's never even been planned. Like somebody will go on a mission trip and we'll call them to the front and everybody throws money at their feet. It's awesome. It's pretty cool. But on this specific Sunday, we're asking our family to get behind our expansion into our new church facility, which is at 901 Dale Brook Lane. It's a mile and a half away, and we closed on it on Tuesday. I was going to bring the keys, Wendy, but there was only one key. I was like, it'll be cool if I'm like, yeah, and there's only actually one key, so I didn't do it. But for those of you guys who have been around for a while, by a while I mean like 2019, um, we, you'll understand where I'm going with this, and then we're going to sing. How many of you know what our declaration was over the new year? It's the year of... So we are currently sitting in 900 Gallatin Avenue. And the building we just purchased is 901 Dalebrook Lane. Level up, man. Level up. We're leveling up. Come on, worship team. Let's let's end this let's end this time today with our hands lifted, our heads lifted victoriously. We just want to say thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the gift of life so that we may work and earn. Thank you, Lord, that you've saved and rescued us. And that includes from all anxiety surrounding finances. We don't have to fret over our money because you've got the whole world in your hand, God. You are well able to bless us at any point in time. There's no reason for us to fear because you did not give us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So we just declare and release today sound minds concerning money, sound minds concerning money. Lord, may we give without any attachments or expectations. May we give generously to see impact and to see the world change in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen.